So how do you attract new business so you constantly don't have to chase it? Hi, I'm Mike Cuevas, the real estate marketing dude, and this podcast is all about building a strong personal brand people have come to know, like, trust, and most importantly, refer. But remember, it is not their job to remember what you do for a living, it's your job to remind them. Let's get started. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude Podcast. Uh, folks, if you've been following the show the last few weeks, we've been um, talking about things, being a little bit outside the box. Um, while everyone else is singing doom and gloom, I see nothing but light and opportunity. And a lot of that reason for it is that these shifts are when people actually take ground. Um, this is when people actually grow. They take market share. But you can't be sitting at the sidelines. You got to start by doing something differently. Um, there's two things I've been really screaming. Uh, one is double down on brand. Um, th this is your time to steal your everyone else's attention right now. They're all quiet. They're saving their money. They're not doing ads on social media. They're just sitting there doing absolutely nothing. That's why you want to be really loud. But two is you got to take on your, a new unique selling proposition. And the chat that I'm seeing a lot of people in all the Facebook groups doing right now is like, where are the transactions? Where are the transactions? Where are the transactions? Well, I'm going to tell you where the transactions are not going to be in the next year. It's not going to be, and I would not concentrate on your regular mom and pop residential retail sales. I'm, If I'm you, I'm concentrating on people who have to move um, in this marketplace. And there's going to be a lot of situations with that. One of those situations I saw the other day is a real estate agent posting, I can't afford this mortgage payment this month. What am I going to do? That real estate agent is one of many. Foreclosures are up 28% or 35% uh, year over year. And that's going to be people who have to sell are going to have to move. Life change events, marriage, divorce, bankruptcy. That's where I'm focusing my lead generation efforts. But without a brand, none of that stuff matters. So um, we're going to sort of tie in uh, branding, social media marketing, and then how to find uh, deals and where you should be putting your head on um, today. So we brought on uh, Mr. Nate Armstrong. This dude's a fucking killer, dude. He has a couple companies. He's got a social media arm. He's a real estate investor, but primarily he's a marketer. If you check out his website, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But without further ado, let's go ahead and introduce Nate to the show. What's up, Nate? Mike, thanks for having me on, man. Pleasure. Why don't you tell everyone a little bit? Who the hell are you? Where are you from? What are we going to talk about today? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I used to be a realtor a while back. This is going on 10 plus years ago. And I, I got involved in a big development project where I referred clients and raised money and, and whatnot. And my wife told me not to do the development project. This is like in the, the, the wake of the last recession. And um, fast forward six months in, I got a phone call from the developer that he said, I'm walking, I'm out. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, no, like you don't just walk. Like we finished this thing. I'm the guarantor on your loans. And I referred half the people that that are working with you on this. He's like, well, I'm out. Here's the keys. And um, it was that moment I was forced to to start liquidating our rental properties. And um, I ripped my wife and my my then newborn child away from our house next to the lake to move across state lines to take over this project. And I worked on it for a year, got the thing done. But by the time that we finished it, there was just no juice left. Like I had burned all the equity and um, the high interest loans ate me alive. And I ended up going through bankruptcy. Now, I immediately got back to work and I found someone doing something interesting with social media. And I really gravitated towards it. And I started modeling it. And I did it over and over and over again. And and, and thank God, that was our first ever million dollar year coming out of bankruptcy. And then- um, For year one out of BK? Year one. Year awesome. one. Love it. 
yeah, the, the, the trustee didn't believe that I went bankrupt. She actually called me back in to re-audit everything. They did, did, did depositions with my bookkeeper. It, it was crazy. But in the midst of all that, I spent some time on my hands and knees praying and just trying to figure out like what the right, right steps were. And um, fast forward, it, like the social media angle, like today we live in this world where you could post what you had for dinner last night, but that's not productive. Instead, like owning your own brand, like being that niche leader in your marketplace, that's what's really going to drive results. And that's what did it for us. That's why we went zero to a million in a year. 100%. Um, you know, I was before, uh, I never meet our guest guys when they come on the show. I, I do that on purpose because I like to just pull everything out of them uh, live. And I was on Nate's website and I'm like, wow, this guy's got his, his message dialed on. He's got a nice video on top of it. And most like investors aren't like great marketers like you are in that sense. Like I see usually the sites, like some guys like, Hey bro, you got to, he's got his shit together. It's polished. But what I like about it is that he knows exactly uh, who his niche is. Um, he's not scared to scream his Christian face, his faith. He basically says, Hey, we help people. I'm a Christian based business owner. And like right off the bat, I thought that was impressive because he knows who he's talking to. He knows who his tribe is. The problem so many guys have is you're trying to relate and be, something to everybody and you relate with none. The jack of all trades is the master of none. So um, don't be scared during this time to really dial that in. Be yourself because you will attract like people, whether you're covered with tattoos or you're like Nate and um, pray many times a day or you got strong faith. It doesn't matter. You're always going to attract your tribe. Um, Nate, question on before you really dialed in your brand because your company is called Home Invest. It doesn't have anything to do with faith. You didn't have to mention your faith. You didn't have to mention that you're a man of God and that this is a big part of your why and your business. Why did you decide to do that? Yeah. Uh, number one, uh, there's scripture that talks about all of us one day standing before God and giving in a, a testament of our life. And at that point, basically it's going to be, the question is going to come on the table. What did you do? Did you, did you have my name out there? And I feel compelled that his name is supposed to be before my name, kind of like in brokerage law, like amen. Know, brokerage name has got to be bigger than your name. And so, um, and to your point, Mike, what happened since then, I did not intend for this. This was not my plan, but what's happened since then, I got some haters early on. I had yeah. some people like just trashing me. And like, uh, I even had some, some close personal, one, one particular close personal relationship. He's like the direction you're going, man, I don't like this. This isn't going to be good for you. And we kind of had to cut ties, but, um, what's happened probably took six months, but what happened is it just, it took off. Like now I get people coming to me and they'll say, Nate, I invested in your multifamily property or Nate, I went through your social media blueprint program because of your faith. Love that. Folks, that happens all the time. And you hit it on the dot. It's always six months. I don't know why it's six months. When someone really goes all in on their brand, you do piss people off. But until you do, you know you're not on the right track because you're not supposed to resonate with everybody. You're not God. Um, you're supposed to have people that you resonate with and you're supposed to have people that aren't going to like you at all. That's just the way the world works. But and you, when you dial that in and you do it unapologetically, wow, it's very powerful. And yeah, and people will invest with you or work with you or hire you or do whatever with you just because of what you stand for, not what you do. In real estate, people hire you for how you do things, not what you do. Your license only gives you the legal right to collect money. So think about that, you guys, and think about how you make your own buying decisions and whom you hire and whatnot. Um, yeah, I, I think that's that's fantastic. Now, um, Let's get into like what you actually do, though, because um, you've dialed in your brand. And this goes, this is applicable to any business. Um, you guys, whether you're a dentist, attorney, chiropractor, I don't really care. 
you could do the exact same thing. In this case, Nate's right, raising um, syndication, it looks like. He's creating uh, investment deals and whatnot. So tell me about uh, your creative financing. Beyond being a good man of faith, why am I going to invest with you? I like you, yeah. but what, how do you make me money? Great, great question. So you can either get inside of a DeLorean and go back in time and try to snag 3% <laughs> interest rates, or um, or you can find them. Like I was shocked to learn this, but um, uh, of the market right now, over 20% of people own their home free and clear. And then people that took mortgages that were sub 3%, there's another 18% that have mortgages sub 3%. From 3% to 4%, there's another 16%. We're talking about half of the properties in America are either free and clear or they have a sub 4% mortgage on them. And so what we do to create value for investors is we find those sellers and we say, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, rather than you know you just cashing out right now and potentially taking a big tax hit, how about we save you a little bit on taxes and we stretch out the payments a little bit longer. You keep your bank mortgage payment in place and we'll come in alongside of you and we'll take over all the headaches of the property and we'll let you exit but you won't have a big tax event. And then myself and my investors will be able to not get hit in the face with an 8% mortgage rate. And then they're just seller financing. Folks, this is why you need to like, let's break this down a little bit. So I want to make sure everyone understood, um, unpack that a little bit, because that's the problem right now. You're going to have all kinds of people. There's a lot of people that want to sell, um, but where are they going to go is one aspect of it. But then there's a lot of people that aren't going to be able to sell because like in our market, I'm in Carlsbad and um, 8% rate on a $2 million house is a lot of money, dude. You know, so um, walk me back through that. Let's dumb it down even a little bit further. So I find this, you find a seller that basically has a boatload of equity um, and you approach, do you guys cash flow the property? Do you handle all property maintenance and management of it? Tell me how you strike the numbers and how does the seller cash flow again? Yes. So I'll give you a real life example. We just closed yeah. a 14 unit building and it's got a 5% rate on it fixed for forever, basically. Um, I'm going to back up a little bit to, to land the plan on how we got it. Okay. Sure. So this is something that most real estate investors, they just don't share. It's just not common, common knowledge. It's something that I probably invested over $250,000 worth of trainings and education to get. And so this is the one thing that phone call with the seller and it's got to be with the seller direct. If there's an agent in the middle, agents, I love you guys. I used to be one for a long time. <laughs> yeah, but, forget about it. Yeah, unless you can really get the agent on your side, it's just harder because most agents, they're not going to think the way that maybe your listeners might think. So you got to get on the phone with the seller. I have done it with an agent, but it's usually a three-way phone call. Hey, put, me in, put, put us on a three-way. Let's do this together. And on that call, this is everything. You have to space that call out. Most of the sellers, they're just thinking, hey, what's the number am I going to get? How are you going to get me there? And that's and a mistake to fall into that trap right in the beginning. And said what we have to understand is the situation. And so we went through and we broke the call into five distinct phases. The first phase is rapport. Pretty obvious. Everybody that listens to your show, Mike, knows how to do that. Build some real human rapport. The second phase is understanding the situation. The situation is everything. I'm going to get out of them how much they owe on their mortgage. What is the payment? What is the interest rate? Is that fixed? How many years into their mortgage? I'm going to get that stuff out of them by simply asking one question. It's actually three, but it goes like this. Most people would say, hey, how much do you owe on your mortgage? And that's a mistake. Instead, what you say is you say, hey, if we do this deal together, I want to make sure that all the liens get taken care of, taxes, mortgage, et cetera. With that being said, how much is left on taxes? Okay, great. How about the mortgage? How much is left there? Great. Hey, can you tell me a little bit about that payment? 
and then dissect what the payment is, taxes, interest, et cetera. By having that information in the beginning and then really understanding what their motivation is, when we come around the corner to the, we got the third phase of the call, the fourth phase and the fifth phase. When we come to the fifth phase, which is actually presenting the offer, we know what offer we can make. So the reason we got this 49 unit building at 5% interest is because number one, we found out that if the seller sold today for cash, they would have a sizable gain and they get smacked upside the head with a big tax, tax liability. They didn't really want that. The second thing is that they didn't have anywhere else to go park the capital. My favorite question is when someone says, hey, I would just want to get cashed out. I say, okay, great. What are you going to do with all the money? Oh, I, this is what Gabriel, the seller said. He said, I'm going to put it in the stock market. And I said, you'd put it in the stock what? market right now? <laughs> and, and then he kind of backpedaled. And I'm like, I'm like, hey, Gabriel, like, do you believe in this asset? Do you think it's, it's a good property? Yeah, I love it. I just don't want to deal with tenants anymore. I get it. Okay, cool. Well, how about this? What if you leave the money in the property? I'll start making monthly payments to you. I'll get you some down payment now so you know that I'm serious, but I'll start making monthly payments to you. I'll handle everything, taxes, insurance, toilets, tenants, the whole works. You get to collect a nice check every single month. You get to avoid getting slapped by the tax man big time up front. And um, we have a good five-year relationship together. End of five years, I'll go to the bank and I'll refi you out. He's like, could, could, you, could you tell that to my attorney? I said, yeah, no problem. He told it to his attorney. Attorney sent over paperwork. We did the deal. I like it. Um, that's a lot to unpack. I like it. Um, give me the ideal uh, scenario of the seller. Give me some like case use, like use cases, like uh, give me a couple like so just so they could they could relate to that. So like the ideal seller, and these are more larger. You're dealing with multifamily. Are you doing any individual units, or is it mainly multifamily? And is there a play for it uh, for smaller properties? Oh yeah, yeah. So, so um, the last two years, I've only really focused on multi. But we've uh, a lady in my office named Kate. She buys all the single families for us, and so we're we're processing at least two or three every single month. Um, with single family, typical like if there's a distress of some kind. It's either that they're um, a little bit tight financially. Um, a big one that was happening to us uh, since COVID is people have to either move or go back to an office that yeah. they. They were working virtually for a while. Now they got to go back. And so we're getting sales because of that. Um, on the multifamily spectrum, it's usually because people are worried about what's going to happen in the economy and they want to get a little bit more liquid. And so we're talking to a lot of landlords on that. And then the second biggest one, and this is new, is people that took out what's called a bridge loan in the last three years. So um, for, for anyone that doesn't know what bridge means, it means that they took out some kind of short-term financing, usually to do some kind of renovation. And it was very popular in multifamily during the COVID years because um, they get, were giving away dirt cheap interest rates and they were saying, hey, get into this. And because multifamily got so competitive, they were taking these short-term adjustable rate bridge loans. And a lot of those are coming due right now. Like, in fact, we've got under contract as we speak, a $12 million, 161 unit property. The only reason we have it is because the guy's loan expires in December. So- Yes, he's he's putting his message. You know, this is marketing lead generation. He's finding he knows exactly who his ideal candidate is for this, and he's just targeting them, um, right? And um, when you rent the property out, you're just taking over the management of it, and then you're renting it out at a five percent rate. How do you know? Um, what do you have to look at the rent and the, what do you offer to pay him a little bit more than he's getting on a twelve month, and then juice it up? How do you make money on that? Great, great question, Mike. So first, my instance is um, I try to pay them what their costs are. So like if they're just ready to exit and they just want to move on, 
my my reply is, hey, would it make sense for you if I just took over everything from here? I give you a little bit of moving money so you can pack up and go. And then I just take over everything from here, taxes, insurance, the repairs that are needed. And a lot of times that's that's enough. Sometimes, however, especially when you get into multifamily, you've got a, a different seller on the other end of that. Sure. The multifamily seller is going to say, well, hey, I want to get paid for my equity. And then I say, okay, cool. Well, what does that look like for you? How much equity is that? I let them tell me their number. And then if their number, I'll put it into a spreadsheet. If I can still make a return on investment from that, then I say, okay, if it's too big for me to like plop down as cash, then I'll say, how about this? We're going to pay the bank on their normal payment schedule. And then with your equity, I'm going to start chunking away at that. Every month, I'm going to pay this much. And you can see here on my spreadsheet, I'm looking at it with you open book. I still got a little, a little bit of room for me and for my investors. And I'm going to pay you this every single month for the next five years. And at the end of five, I'll go to another bank and I'll refinance this thing. And right, right now, it's actually much easier to have that combo because all I have to do is point at the banks and just say, hey, if I got to go to the bank, I got to pay seven or 8%. Yeah. That means I'm giving more to them and I have to give less to you. I'd rather That's give more to you. Very good point. Creative. So folks, sharpen your damn skills. These are the conversations you're going to have. And the one that can put together, um, that's how you really define your USP as an agent. Um, all right, let's let's get into like how you're finding these deals too. Okay. So you guys get an idea. He's dialed in. I'm, I'm taking us through a, a three-prong approach here. One is you got to dial in your brand. You got to dial in the brand message with whom you relate with first, right? Absolutely. You have to do that first. Two, know the hell you're selling. Nate's got a very creative niche. The riches are always in the niches and shifts like this. Would you agree with that? Hundred percent. Like you have to niche down, guys. You got to stop being a journalist. Please don't be a journalist. You're going to get crushed. You need to niche down, and you need to be an expert at something. But then, three is you got to be a damn marketer because without deals, like none of the stuff matters, right? So, what are you doing on social media? Because it seems like you have like a new, maybe a twist on how you're finding these properties. And are you getting all of your deals from social media? I'd say three quarters come from social media. And then the other quarter are a breakup of uh, either referrals, um, some agents that feed us properties now and then, um, just a mix. But three quarters, they but no, no direct mail. No, no. In no. fact, PPC time, search, anything? I've done them all. I, I've been in the game for a while. I, I used to run TV ads back in the day. And um, uh, I dropped a direct mail around probably two years ago. I dropped 48 grand. <laughs> And uh, I struck out for the first time ever. Usually it doesn't happen that way. Usually I'm pretty good at making something, but yeah. I struck out. And then I'm like, I can't Damn. do this. Yeah. And I, money. it is. And so I leaned heavier into social media because I can track. It's instance. Like if I spend $100 on a Facebook ad, I know how many leads I got same day. And with direct mail, it was a little bit bigger for me. And I know there's other guys that are really good at that game, but yeah. I just... I, I wasn't my game. So I stick to social where I can track it all instantaneously. Another good point is like, find out what the hell works for you. It's different for everyone. There isn't a right answer. Whatever works for you is always the right one. Um, all right. So how on social, like you're, you're running ads. What's one of the platforms we're talking about? Facebook, IG, F Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And I start with organic. So um, you mentioned Facebook groups earlier. Like I, I own a group for pretty much every category that I that I want to master, so to speak. So like I have one for investors, for passive investments. I've got um, one in each of the three cities that I buy properties in. It's just a, a real estate group that's titled the city name plus off-market deals. If you ever see those out there, they're probably either mine or someone that I showed how to do that. What city are you in? So Milwaukee, Wisconsin, yeah. Lexington, Kentucky, and Louisville, Kentucky. You must have, there's someone here that has that in San Diego off-market deals. I bet you they're like one of your students or something. 
it, it's it's very possible. Yeah. You top couple couple hundred people how to do it now. Okay, keep going. Uh, so you're getting the groups, folks. Community, you have to build a damn database. Your database is either the your SOI, which is what you're always marketing and nurturing and staying in front of, but then you build a lead database because the conversations in these groups are where the money's at. Um, but a lot yeah. of people don't like starting them, right? They're like, oh, how am I going to get all these people in there? And how am I going to get the group going? And uh, like, it seems like it's a lot of work to get it going. How do you overcome that? Yeah, you think of it like a backyard barbecue. Like if you were the new kid on the block, you just moved in and you wanted to meet all the neighbors, you could either go door to door and say, hey, I'm having a backyard barbecue. Or you could put big signs up in your front yard and um, tell everybody you got free food on Saturday. And either would work. So the difference between those two is kind of like, paid leads versus organic leads. Okay. A paid lead is kind of like putting the sign in your front yard and blasting it out there really fast. If you pay Facebook about 10 to $12 per person, you'll fill the backyard barbecue really fast. AKA your Facebook group will fill up really fast. Like if it. you pay Facebook 10 bucks per person. The, the other way that you do it is that once you've got your group created, smart, you go out and you do door knocking by door knocking. It's not physical. It's like literally on your computer, click of the mouse, you go to other people's groups, you go to other communities and you say, Hey guys, if anyone's looking for this specific niche, my group's pretty cool for that. Join my group. Here's the group. And within a week or two, if you do that fairly consistently, I'm talking like an hour a day, not mm -hmm. obsessive, but you can fill a group with a hundred people. And then from there, you serve those people. You, this is the part where everybody misses. You show up once a week. You do some written value ad posts, or if you're if you prefer video, I prefer video. Then I just press the go live button, and I'll I'll share what's on my heart. I'll share some real estate tidbits, and then at the end of it, I just say, hey, if if this is um, something that you're looking for more help with, just comment help down below, and then we'll connect. And I keep it super simple like that. But you got to show up every single week. If you just let a group build up and you don't do anything with it, they're not going to know you. Yeah. They're going to forget you. And you're, you're doing once a week in terms of content creation, video, three to five minutes, maybe uh, yeah. or blog, right? You got it. Yep. And, and since I've got multiple groups, what I, I found a, a tool called StreamYard, and I'm sure you've got other yep. ones that lets you simultaneously stream into multiple. Yeah. So I'm, I'm only doing one weekly broadcast. That's it. And it gets to everywhere I want to touch. I mean, dude, that's how this show started. You know, it's one podcast every Saturday for eight years in a row. And then we got 1.7 down, million downloads or whatever we're at now. And it's because we are consistent and we add value. Um, we haven't sold you guys anything on this show yet. What are we, 26 minutes in? Um, we'll send you a link after this and you might want to join or buy my services or take Nate's. Who cares? But this is content marketing 101, guys. You got to add value to people first. Just as It's a dating game, isn't it? Like. The same way you date is the same way you, you attract business online or in social in these groups. I love how you just said, though, that you're running traffic to build the group because that's like the shortcut, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then in that group, that's where you get to test your message. I, I would do that like before you start getting all crazy with ads, mm -hmm. I would test your message and see how it's resonating. And, and if you go live, like just know that the first time you're going to have your mom and your cousin on and that's it. Yeah. And that's okay. You just show up, you serve, and then people will catch replays. And as yep. people catch replays, it starts to build. My first podcast, I think I had like two last two listeners, you know, and they're like, wow. hey, woohoo, yeah. But dude, you got to start somewhere. Everybody does. Um, very, Wait, very. What, what, why did you sustain? Like you, you have a, a fantastic podcast. Why didn't you quit like everybody else does after the third one? Um, You know what I did was 
I think I did the whole public accountability thing. And I said, I'm going to create a show. And I missed one week, like early on. And I remember someone wrote into me and they're like pissed. And they're like, like, it was like early on, like probably a year in or so. And I just kept going. I knew it was going to be uphill battle, but I remember someone wrote a message or something. And they said like, bro, you missed your show this week. I was looking forward to it. I'm like, fuck, people are listening to me, man. Like, that's cool. Right. So then I just felt obligated uh, to go ahead and do it. Even in, in all you guys who've been following the show for a while, I've been very sporadic the last few months because I'm going through a brand shift myself. You know, I got a software that we're launching. I switched my video into a different business model. I'm not even working with real estate agents as much in the video side anymore. But um, I've been sporadic with it. You know, I'm, I'm breaking my own rules. And uh, it's just, you know, it's but you're absolutely right. You have to, I believe that, as an agent, I was always creating content because I knew that if I wasn't, somebody else was. And as long as my face was just sort of omnipresent amongst my aunts, uncles, friends, family, past clients on social, I've always attracted referrals. I just had to stay relevant and stay present. Um, and that's just a, the whole referral marketing thing. But when you go into like lead generation with what you're doing, it's really the same thing. You have to nurture your guys' audience. This is where content creation comes in. I don't think it's optional anymore. You have to create content. Because you could run ads, but today, do you agree with this? People, you run ads, great. Who the fuck is this guy? You're on social media, like, oh, that was pretty interesting. Let me go check out his website. If that website is bare, do you or do you not lose all chances or a lot of them of converting them down the road? But if that website has a ton of organic content, a ton of engagement, you have a ton of value. Hey, take this free report. Hey, take this. Wow, all these videos. Like, you're like, shit, I'm going to follow this guy. This guy might be onto something. And that's that why we create multi purpose and distribute, guys. Um, you have to start somewhere. But even after you have people probably look on your on your show and you probably have a lot of content on YouTube, maybe of deals you've done. Right. Does that or does that not help convert the seller when they're thinking about giving you their keys? It, it does. I got a, you know? a, million, a million dollar property on the water. I, I, and keep in mind, like I, I usually lean towards seller financing because I went through bankruptcy in the past. I can get loans, but it's just more challenging. And so I, I told some, I told a realtor in um, Florida that I really wanted a waterfront property on the marina, described everything to T and I said, seller finance. And then he, he laughed at me. He's like, that'll never happen. And um, I started doing the social marketing. Like I, like, like we're talking about here. And I got a seller that, that responded favorably. I went and met with them. But when I got there, the guy said, so we checked out your wife's video on, um, on what you guys said on your podcast. And I'm like, oh, which one? And they described it to a T. We left that meeting with a signed contract, seller financed, waterfront property. Like, so even when we think that people aren't listening, they are. They, it's crazy. Dead out of curiosity, was uh did um was he a Christian by any chance? He was, yeah. There's the brand conversion. There's the assist coming in from the man upstairs, Ellie Oop. It doesn't <laughs> happen on accident, um, guys. You know, but um that assist helps. Like we're doing a lot of these videos now for attorneys and it's crazy because people are so scared of attorneys. Like you're like, Oh, it's an attorney. Like no one wants to talk to a fucking attorney. Let's be honest. Right. No one wants to talk to them. However, um, when you humanize them, their conversion goes through the roof. Hmm. And it's just a simple video because you, you're, you're, when you hear the word attorney, you're like, Oh man, I'm going to get in trouble. But when you have a nice guy with his dog right there, he's like, Hey dude, what's going on? All of a sudden they're not scared of the attorney anymore. And, and people he's approachable. So, um, this is where your brand. So folks, look at, let's just unpack this, what we have on the show. One dial in your brand, because if you don't have your message, no one converts with you anyways, pick who you are, what you stand for and stick by it and scream it from the damn rooftops Two, define your niche, right? In this case, 
you're finding properties and you're raising funds to take down properties and seller financing. What are you doing as an agent? What's your niche? Are you going to go after BK? Are you going to go into short sales and foreclosures? Are you going to go people who are relocating that can't sell? What are you going to do? But three, marketing. This strategy that you just outlined to me, I think is applicable to anything. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. If I could add one more to this too, Mike, a lot of people, um, they tell me that the reason that they don't start with their content is because they feel like they need to know more or practice more or be better. And I, I want to point out two things. Um, number one, uh, Abraham Lincoln, arguably one of the most successful presidents of, 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 our, of our country, uh, Abraham Lincoln ran for office eight times and failed seven out of eight times. Before that, he was an entrepreneur and he had to file bankruptcy. He failed at both businesses. And then the man becomes the most successful president uh, of, of his time. That's one example. Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth, he's known as, as what? The, the man that hit the most home runs. Yet, that's he hit 704 home runs. Yet, people never talk about that he struck out 1,304 times. Yeah. Almost double. And so, just know that in the beginning when you're starting this content stuff, like, we we kind of we kind of suck in the beginning. We do, but we just stick with it. It's like riding a bike the first time. I got a three year old boy. Like he he's riding a bike now with yep. no training wheels. He didn't start there though. He fell. He bumped. He bruised. And so we got to go through the same thing as adults. Sometimes it's scarier to be like publicly ridiculed, but we just got to go through that curve. Once you get through that curve, it's probably two three months in, and then by six months, all of a sudden you're in momentum, and then this business is just coming because of it. Yeah, I see it every day. Like we create so many videos. We're doing like about a hundred videos a month now. Um, but yeah, it everyone's the same way when they start. They're like, like scared. Like does this grown ass man buckling in the knees because of this little tiny device, right? Um, but um, everybody, you're right. In that two to three month after you get in there, it's no different. Plus, like here's what I believe though. Regardless of how you feel about yourself or your insecurities about getting on video. I believe that if you believe you're the right person for the job, it becomes your obligation to scream it from the rooftops. And if you have a question about video, then you shouldn't fucking be on camera in the first place because you're not the right person. You should be that confident in your services, guys. And if you're not, you're not the right person. So either go hit the books, go study, get some more experience until you feel confident. But as long as you know your trade, um, and you know this as a Christian, it becomes your obligation to serve others and to help others with what it is that you do, whether you're a professional lemonade maker or you're a real estate agent. I don't care. Um, everyone has a purpose. Um, very good. Do you have any closing throats? Any throats? I, I just I just want <laughs> closing throats. Yes. Yeah, closing throats. Any thoughts? Mike, I, I just want to say thank you for leading the, the charge, number one, and just showing up every single week. And then number two, providing the service that you do. Like if it wasn't, I didn't get to work with you because I didn't know you when I first started marketing. But if it wasn't for someone like you grabbing people like me by the hand to help with that video, the help with the scripting and the help with like even background, lighting, all that kind of stuff. Right now, my mine isn't so good because I'm at my cabin, but you do that for people. You bring them to the spotlight and help them. So thank you for doing that, man. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. Um, and what up? Tell them where they can learn more about your stuff. Um, but you guys yeah. have clients that have 1031s or whatnot. Like turn them on to this guy, especially if yeah. they're Christian. And then tell me about your blueprint. Yeah. So it's it's natepodcast.com, natepodcast.com. There's a training there. It'll walk you through everything that we do. And it basically gives away a deeper look at how I'm getting these deals off market and how we're structuring seller financing. And then my favorite is to mitigate taxes for both us and the seller. Love that. We had a show on cost segregation a couple of uh, weeks ago. That's 
I didn't even know that stuff existed. It was crazy. Um, crazy. But folks, thank you for listening to another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude. Folks, if you like what you heard here today, subscribe. Leave us a review, follow us on social and whatnot. And most importantly, check out our software, Sweet Assist. Um, it's a tool meant for brokerages and teams. So if you don't have it in your office, make sure you knock on your brokerage door and tell them to look it up and then make sure they buy it because we help you build that brand. We help you build that content and we give you a blueprint each and every month that you just have to copy, follow and customize yourself. And that is direct mail, video email and social media um, so that you can be consistent and take on that omnipresent approach with much of what we're talking about today. So appreciate you. Uh, check us out and we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Thank you for watching another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude podcast. If you need help with video or finding out what your brand is, visit our website at www.realestatemarketingdude.com. We make branding and video content creation simple and do everything for you. So if you have any additional questions, visit the site, download the training, and then schedule time to speak with a dude and get you rolling in your local marketplace. Thanks for watching another episode of the podcast. We'll see you next time.